Hey there, rugby fans. Welcome to another episode here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show with your team. My name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, alongside the familiar faces of Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. This is the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. So, gentlemen, around the pitch, what is going on across Major League Rugby and beyond in the world of rugby? We're going to find out now with our quick-fire round. We're going to share with our viewers tuning in exactly what they should be in the know about. Kicking us off in this round, we throw it over to Scott Ferrara. Let's get hot, baby. So I'm talking about the video game realm. You guys know I'm a little bit of a gamer. Uh, Rugby 2022 came out. it sucks. Uh, I got to be quite honest. You know, you, you can make, you can make the, yeah, you can make the case about the licensing, the fact that it doesn't have the permanent or whatever. To be honest, it's the gameplay for me. It's the instructional. So if somebody doesn't know how to play rugby, they're not going to know. It doesn't tell you how to jackal a ball. It just tell you how to add more people to a breakdown. It doesn't explain how jackaling works. It doesn't explain how to, to throw to the specific pods in a line out. You know, so it's, a, it's for me, for, I feel like on a beginner level, it's a miss. And on an advanced level, it's a miss without a career mode. But yeah, so it's, it's just, just basically a miss altogether. Yeah, it's terrible because you know people go 40 back. Forty bucks, to, you'll never get back, right? Yeah, people go back to Jonah Rog, Lamu Rugby and, and Rugby 08 is the two best, and we're talking now. You know, fifteen years later, we still can't get a good video game. It kind of sucks. Right, which is kind of weird. And you know, that's the challenge with any game, though, is how easy is it to use and how easy is it mm-hmm. to understand. And rugby always loses against other like traditional ones like FIFA and NBA and stuff like that because people just know it and it. So, yeah, thanks for that. Don't buy FIFA 2022. Is rugby 2022. Don't buy <laughs> FIFA. Rugby 2022. Don't buy rugby. rugby yeah, rugby. Good call. FIFA 2022 could be fine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be next week's episode. <laughs> Let's hand it over to Rob. Yeah, uh, Shop MLR is, now has a ho- new home, so to speak. It is now powered by RugbyNow.com. What was kind of interesting is I was trying to do some research on Rugby Now. I noticed they have like 15 posts uh, on uh, Instagram, 156 followers. On Facebook, they had uh, 119 likes, 135 followers. And I'm sitting there going, what the hell have the MLR got themselves into with a merch provider? But as uh, Ty did a little digging, uh, it is a rebranded rugbyshop.co.uk, one of the reasons why MLR Went with that is because they had experience um, from around uh, working with the Premiership and and were one of the top providers in and around Europe and UK. So hopefully they will be able to provide a much better delivery um, as moving forward. Uh, it's a three-year deal, so we're going to be stuck with them so long as they don't breach their contract. Um, and let's hope that they have the infrastructure to deliver to uh, North America, namely um, the United States and, and right. Toronto. With, with, with a lack of experience in this market, it's a real yeah. question mark. And already we've got fans, um, you know, our own Rick Collins, who's going to be on a little bit later. You'll see him in, in a few moments in our rants. He identified as a Jackals fan that you're you're being asked to spend as much as like 30% more than you did last season yeah. for almost the same product. Um, and, and this is also on the back of the announcement that Paladin is now re-signed as the su- official supplier uh, for the merch. 
Um, so yeah, it remains to be seen. I mean, are fans happy to be able to pay 125 bucks for a jersey that they once paid 85 for? Who knows? Thankfully, right? this fan doesn't have to because I still go through no one. <laughs> well, that may be so. That may be so, you know, and, and that is one of the merits of, of having a team doing it in-house is that maybe, you know, it can reduce the cost to, to fans. And that's what people are still very conscious about. Um, so what I want fans to be conscious about is that uh, we made history this past weekend, or at least one team made history as the Dallas Jackals finally fielded a team uh, after much uh, trials and tribulations and postponements of season starts. They have their first official try by way of a grubber through Henry Trinder, who was on last week's episode, uh, to the hands of, uh, of uh, uh, Campbell, uh, which delivered the first seven points uh, with the conversion, of course. Uh, and, then, and then that was it. There was just seven points. but the first try has been scored is news and dallas jackals are a real team in mlr (laughs) scott what have you got to share Uh, i'm going to the tiktok realm the scunthorpins rugby football club posted a tiktok at halftime of one of their matches it was similar they had similar weather to what the northeast in america was having you know rain cold and they were just showing, you know, the muddy. It's one of those matches you love to be in, and then afterwards, you're like, "What the frig am I doing?" Um, what I, what the point about it is, a lot of men on there throwing hate to women's rugby, and we gotta do better as men. Um, support women's rugby. This is BS. Why you gotta talk derogatory about women's bodies, about them playing rugby? And I just wanna the comment that won the day on this whole thing was by the um, Bladen uh, Red Kites RFC. Uh, and Rob, you gotta get ready for the with the with the bleep here. <laughs> yeah, the bleep uh, they commented. <laughs> they commented. We probably have big <laughs> those guys in the comments anyway. So I gotta love it. They're they're fighting back, and let's be better as rugby fans and support women's rugby. Right, and this is one of the things I gotta say I love about you, Scott. Though is whether it be um, you know some prop love or whether it just be love in general for rugby, whatever it is, you know, you're not happy to be, I mean, you're not shy to be able to shout that you're unhappy about the way we treat our fellow ruggers. And yeah, that's exactly what it should be. I mean, personify the values of what we do. And that one of them is at its core is respect. And that means respect everybody in any shape or form. They may come to play the sport that we all love. Kudos to you, man, for, for, for flying that flag one more time and putting the fan first as we do here on the show all the time. So let's swing it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Yeah, thanks. And my second uh, round the pitch, I want to highlight the fact that um, rugby in New York prop, Chance Wangaluski, we know he's an artist. He did some work for EATL uh, down there. When right. he was Didn't down he actually there. do the mural with the logo? Yeah, and with the mural. The, and he the, came the, up with the, the, sna- with the, the like, snake. Um, yeah. The snake, yeah. Right. But um, we know these guys don't make a ton of money. They're not NFL, you know, type type money. So we we try to support them wherever we can. And Chance Wangaluski has a product called Pup Prints. He also does cats too, where basically you send a picture to him, and he'll actually uh, do his uh, his own personal drawing of your dog or cat. It costs fifty bucks. He digitizes it for you, so you can use it as much as you want. You want to get it on a coffee mug. You want to do a T-shirt for your wife or whatever have you. And it, the turnaround was quick. I think he got it to me within 48 hours. And he did a great job of drawing our, our little girl, Nola. Uh, so um, so, support so Nola player. has been immortalized then. She's been uh, immortalized, that's right. Um, on Rob's underwear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, no you've, you forgot it. Your, it's it's my lip prints on, on uh, sorry, your lip prints on my underwear. Uh, you so, couldn't um, even get it out right. Wait a second. Yeah. Good job. So um, <laughs> anyway, support a player. Um 
you know, Scott gets a bonus point for, th for, for flustering uh, the yeah. hammer. <laughs> <laughs> so let me take the opportunity to be able to do the next one. And this was big news out of uh, uh, San Diego, who, who arguably was probably one of the more quiet ones in the uh, preseason buildup and then the offseason. But they came out with some tremendous news. Uh, they, it's no secret that they had some troubles through last season being able to try and find a permanent home for a variety of different reasons. Um, and now they've announced that they found one, at least from 2023 they have, with Snapdragon Stadium being their home, uh, sited from 2023. And if you're not familiar with where the stadium is, it is the SDSU home of the Aztecs, or at least will be, uh, as production is being completed. But from 2023, what's even more important, not only will they find this as their new home, uh, which is in the Oakfields area, if you're not familiar, but more importantly, that it's rumored, it hasn't yet been confirmed, but they might be able to get a 10-year lease on this property. So it could be a long-time home for an important franchise uh, in an important area um, for, for rugby growth. Um, if you if you don't know, the stadium is predicted to be able to have thirty five thousand seats. So it would also put it in the in the category as being one of the largest stadiums used by any team in MLR. Of course, that current title is held by the Coliseum, and that uh, being the home of the Giltinis. So yeah, I think the real takeaways there is that they're going to have a new home from 2023. 2022 could be a little bit rough as they will see themselves using a couple of different locations while they fill that gap. But when they do have that home, it looks like it could be a 10-year home. So you could really start to build a culture around the team once you've got a home, a place that you can call home for a while. So, gentlemen, there we have it is the around the pitch all in the know, the news that you should be aware of. And you can continue to be able to get more news from us here on the Rugby Rant when you follow us online under the handle at Rugby Rant Pod on all major social media platforms, including more recently the opportunity to get additional content from us every week, every month on our new home at Patreon.com. You'll continue to learn and hear more about that as we continue forward. Talking about moving forward, we'll be back in just a few months. Welcome back, rugby fans, of course, to that familiar format of the rugby debates made famous by the crew here and more. This is, of course, where we put ourselves and our guests to the test to be able to debate the rant topics. What do we got in store today? Well, we're going to be talking about the addition of the HIA protocols being included in Major League Rugby at the World Rugby Standard for the first time. On top of that, now we have TMO, gentlemen. We've been talking about this for a whole season or so, and it's finally here in MLR. And last but not least, to wrap it all up, we're going to be talking about the introduction of what MLR calls the Trade Tracker. Where have all the players gone in and out to what team and when uh, that is everything fans have wanted to know for quite some time gentlemen and we're going to hand it over and if you're not familiar with how this works 
to each one of our ranters who are offered the opportunity to talk on those subjects covering those three points, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Do they agree? Do they think it's great? What more can we expect? What more do they want? So the one who puts forth the best points in their rant could be crowned the winner of this round. And to start us off, we're going to hand it as tradition to our guest, Although, can we really call him a guest if he's been here? I don't think so. (laughs) Look at that gray beard and the long tooth. He's not a guest. He's a almost a permanent fixture. Right, right. We're going to have to start putting you on the payroll if you come here one more time. We're going to keep him at 39 hours just so he doesn't get full-time staff. (laughs) Don't give him any bennies. Right. So, of course, we do need to be able to offer a formal introduction for those of you who are not familiar with Rick Collins. He is, of course, one of the leaders and great contributors uh, to the Dallas Jackals uh, supporters group, uh, the the, uh, uh, Jackals, as you you called yourself before. In fact, you know what? Why don't I just hand it over to him to tell us a little bit about that? Why am I trying? Yeah. So the Jackaled in, um, we obviously formed a while ago, in fact, uh, before the the Jackals as a brand existed. Uh, we had a supporters group building. Uh, we just knew we were going to be MLR Dallas. Obviously Dallas has been involved in MLR since the beginning. And finally we set foot on a pitch this past weekend. I was there to support them. Uh, we knew it was going to be a tough year. We knew it was going to be a tough year and going against, <laughs> um, I, I believe one of the better teams in MLR this year, I believe a top four team in MLR this year in the AGs, um, I knew it was going to be a tough game. We got the first try of the game. Our first try as an organization. Um, it, I mean, just an exciting right. moment and an exciting time to be out there, uh, even though it was like 35 I'm going to ask you to put a pen in the rest of that because we're going to be talking about that in our additional rent when we do the wrap-up of the weekend's events. Okay. And uh, don't give away too much because people got to go check that out on Patreon for three bucks, man. So you're giving it away for free. Um, <laughs> Do I get an OnlyFans too? <laughs> so, so, so minus a point for 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 Rick right now. Um, but here we go. As you know, the format. Let's go ahead and offer the first window to Rick, and then we're going to swing it over to Scott and then Rob Hammerschmidt. Your two minutes start now, Rick. Okay, so um, in terms of the new rules, I think that the HIA uh, setup, we're talking about HIA. This is, this is one of the biggest in terms of rugby overall, health and safety for players is paramount, right? Especially if we want to talk about longevity of a league, uh, profitability of a league, um, we need to make sure that we're taking care of our players um, in a sport that ha- is is mass collision. Um, the NFL is – we've seen with the NFL what happens when you don't take care of it in advance. And we've got to take care of this in advance. We've got to make sure that we have systems set up to take care of players after they retire and while they're on the pitch. And the HIA system, in terms of what World Rugby is doing, is the best current system for that. And the fact that MLR is bringing that on – is huge news. Um, I think not only for the players, but for fans and for the game and the way that it's set up this year in terms of players going off, being checked for HI for doing an HIA, being checked for uh, concussion and being allowed to come back in if they don't have a concussion and being kept off if they do have a concussion is the, I mean, we're talking light years in terms of 
increasing the uh, you know validity of the league. Um, I really think this was top two or three items that they've introduced in the last two or three years. Um, it doesn't seem like it from a fan perspective, but you're talking about a guy going off last year. He wasn't allowed to come back on if they thought he had a concussion. Now with HIA, if they say, no, he's good, he can come right back on and it's just like a blood sub. So I, I think it's a phenomenal opportunity for the league to move forward and also to keep up with what World Rugby is doing. If we can manage to stay on that same stage and even maybe ahead of it, we're talking about really one of the top leagues in the in the world. I, I think we're going to be in that top five in four to five years if we can keep moving in the same direction. Okay. So some excellent points there, uh, Rick. And one thing I wanted fans to be able to have as a takeaway, what is a head injury assessment? Well, that's the HIA, right? It's the protocols that are set in place because rugby is a physical sport. Obviously, with that contact, it's high risk for those type of injuries, as you pointed out with the NFL. And also, now that's starting to emerge overseas leagues, that they're becoming more and more aware of this. So the earlier we adopt this here, the better it is for player welfare. I love that you addressed that. Uh, and talking about player welfare, not everybody knows this, but an ad hoc committee was specially designed and brought together that included players currently doing service for the MLR right now were brought in as advisors as well as physicians and medical professionals. So they really looked at it from a few different angles. And when you, when you, no matter which way you cut it, it's always important to be able to think about safety first, especially in a high contact sport. So yeah, thanks for highlighting the, that, that there, uh, Rick. Let's hand it over to Scott Ferrara. Uh, what do you have to say about this? Well, we're still hot, baby. And, you know, here's the thing. If you want to equate it to something, equate it to the blue tent over in the NFL. You know, you have a head knock. You They check you out in the blue tent. Comes back. I think what this does, and I don't think what maybe, you know, casual fans or maybe people aren't reading into it, this is another step closer to having an MLRPA. This is another step closer for the players mm-hmm. to unionize. This was mm-hmm. a big issue with guys like Nick Savetta and Dylan Fawcett who represent the Players Association for USA Rugby sticking to the MLR and saying, hey, we need to have this HIA. I know Nick Savetta was very vocal about it on social media. Um, you know, So I think this is one step closer to the union. Uh, as far as um, TMO, listen, that's the progress of the game. This is where we're going. I think we're going to be debating whether the TMO hits it right now. We were debating whether they, they, they got it right previously. We were debating whether the TMO was working. We're always getting championship game. It's only as good as the camera angles that they have. Well, that's that's the other thing. And you know, we were talking about it when uh the Giltinis played in the in the new Ram Stadium and they were and the referees were using the the board, but they weren't doing it anywhere else. So I found that interesting. And then I also find this interesting that the trade tracker, in my opinion, was pushed down the MLR's throat when when friend of the show James Dealey was doing it by himself week in and week out and putting up graphics. And, you know, we've talked about having how come trades aren't transparent. And then James comes and does this great content. So shout out to James Dealey and kind of pushed it down their throat and said, Hey, I'm just a regular guy doing this. You guys should be doing it. And all of a sudden we have a trade tracker. So I just, in my opinion, whether it's true or not, I feel like a fan 
push that down their throat for them to get it done. Right. And we on the show, as everybody will know, will love the idea of a fan first culture. And a fan was the first to be able to bring that uh, consistently to, to, to social media and share what is actually a pretty obvious solution when fans want to know, hey, who's in, who's out of another team. So uh, big ups to, to James Dealey, who has been on the show here, friend of the rugby rant, uh, will continue to be so. Um, and, you know, we probably have him in a roundabout way to be able to thank for what is a pretty simple solution, just add a page to your existing website, Major League Rugby, with who's in, who's out in each team. Um, but I do like that the fact that they went a little bit deeper and highlighted the player rights. They identified how many slots are available for internationals per each roster uh, and, and gave a little bit more transparency that we and fans have wanted for quite some time. So, you know, how we got there doesn't really matter. The fact that we are there is important. And the TMO, pretty much the same thought there. You know, I, I, you know, we can set aside how many times we said it's a great idea. And now that we're there, we're thinking, is it actually a good idea? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's kind of, you know, we as fans will always look at it from a multitude of different angles and you can't satisfy anybody. But however, you know, circling back around to Rick's point, if you want to build this league up, become respected across uh, uh, rugby realms, you got to meet these certain points of success. And one of those is TMO. One of those is the uh, the trade tracker system. And to, to Scott's point, hopefully we'll have a players union on the horizon very soon as well. And thank you for bringing that up, Scott, because maybe this is the foundation. Head our HIA is, is perhaps the spark that lights the fire that gets this, uh, this moving forward with the, uh, the welfare uh, players union. So let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt to hear what he has to share about all three of these points. Yeah, thanks. There's a disadvantage to going third, and that is uh, that things you've already outlined uh, get consumed by everybody. But um, I'm going to move forward anyway and uh, focus on a few things. Um, one of them is, you know, obviously we've been advocating for many of these pieces, both the HI and the TMO for, uh, you know, all of last season. But moving beyond that, I think this is an interesting step, especially the HIA, to bring in players involved in the process. Because ultimately, I don't think the players want unionization, something that, as Scott mentioned, has been pushed for. So this might be their way of staving off that a little bit longer by bringing players in, by getting ahead of it, by bringing the HIA protocols in. And I want to speak mm -hmm. to this. If you watch inside the scrum, and I've been hitting this hard because I think it's a great way to appeal to fans, Connor Mooningham um, had a sustained a couple of concussions last year. And in one of them, he right. talks pretty candidly about the fact that, you know, he was saying all the right things saying, Oh yeah, I know where we're at. I know who we're playing, et cetera, et cetera. But he acknowledges that he really didn't. And do players mm -hmm. do that con cognizantly um, because they don't want to be pulled out of the game because they know if they do, they can't go back in. Right. And so having this protocol in place kind of provides an opportunity to players in the back of mind to know, Hey, look, I'm going to be honest in my assessment, and if I do it well, uh, I'm going to be put back in the game. There's an opportunity to return to play. Um, again, all these things are all about transparency, and that's one of the things I like about the trade wire. Um, I would like to see this improve, as would we all, with a guarantee of a match day roster by, like, Thursday and an injury report, right? <laughs> We would like to see these things because so the hour it, before game it time is really, really hard for me to win Super Brew when I don't know who's going to be on the damn roster. <laughs> so, I so mean, Rob, I, I, I already suck at it, but I suck even worse. 
Well, I did that that great at Gator Road. I, I started well, and then by you know day like well like the Sunday just kind of all went pear shaped for me. Um, but you know, I want to circle back around to something you mentioned there a moment ago that um, maybe players. You know, and I don't want to. I want to go back to it because I, I think fans need to understand, and maybe I need to understand a little bit more. When you say players might not actually want to unionize, but this is a no, way no, to no, be. No, able no, no, no. I didn't say that. Through. I'm saying the owners don't want players to unionize. Right. The okay. Owners are against it. The players, some of the players, want to do it. My point is, is that by putting this in place, bringing players to the table, putting the HIN in place, it staves off unionization on the on the owner's behalf a little yes. bit longer. Um, okay. Can and become... I thought that's the direction you were going yeah. in and it sounded different to me. So I wanted to take the opportunity to rewind and clarify. And I 100% agree because the, still the main goal is being achieved, that the player's safety is being put at paramount importance, right? So so yes, absolutely. Very, very important. And I love the fact that you identified that playing cultures, like as, as, as the rugby playing culture, is you don't want to admit you're hurt. But it's okay to say that. If you're, you know, it's okay to be able to recognize, hey, I'm probably not good to be able to go to, to be in this game. But like you said with Connor Mooneyham and watching the inside the scrum, I watched that same episode. He's standing in his kitchen. He's going, I, I knew what I what I was supposed to say, so I said it, but I don't remember saying it. That's obviously a red flag. And then um, you have the other side, though. But you have the other side too, where somebody gets hit, goes down, and we've all been there where we got run over. Yeah. And not necessarily that you have a head injury, but your body's just like, I need a break. And now they're yeah. taking you out because they suspect you have a head injury and there was no mechanism to put you back in, even though it yes. just might have been, right. you know, the wind knocked out of you or, you know, a leg issue or right. something know, totally unrelated, so. but you're out for the same reason, mm-hmm. right. you know, and, and I agree. So that's a really, really good point. And thank you for elaborating on how that looks in, in, a, in a real game situation for players. Uh, and so fans can recognize the importance of why this is being brought in is that you can go out for the assessment, but assuming right. you're successful and you're all clear by a medical professional, um, then you can return. So, you know, you don't have this fear to be able to say, hey, I'm not good or whatever it may be. You're not afraid to be able to leave the field to play at least. Yeah. And, and let's just be clear. A TMO may not be perfect, but how do you make it perfect unless you start somewhere first? Right. Yes. So I think that's the important piece. We well, all want and- it. The technology they're going to be limitations, but let's improve it as we go forward. Yeah, but t- even TMO in other leagues, home. though. Yeah, and but even TMO in the top tier professional leagues right. and in the Six Nations and in the World Cup and in this and the, 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 that's still not perfect. So my so my point is, you know, we have what we have. We will strive to get better every year, mm-hmm. and we just have to deal with it that way. And I think one of the things, you know, and I'll talk about this on the on the next rant. So check this out on, on our Patreon episode of this rant is the hate that people were talking about, about referees and this, that, and the other thing already. And I'm like, it's the friggin' first match of the season. We got new referees, calm down. But what something Rob pointed out uh, at the end of his rant, um, you know, and this ties into something that's very important is these injury reports and these rosters get the MLR and the sports gambling legitimately. Yeah, right. And that's where the money is. Right. So one of the things that is um... – a positive with this system that they've now brought in with the TMO technology by Moby Systems. Did a little bit of research on who they are and what they do. They're a South African company based out of Cape Town. Ding. Um, and <laughs> that way, they 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 they've been they've been using this technology consistently already um, at different various different levels of the game. 
Um, but it is real-time analytics is what they're boasting. It has the ability to be able to identify uh, several camera angles, plane of the room, but it also gives it to them in their hand using this, this streaming technology, cloud-based, so they can actually be field-side getting access to, to it. So it's not up on a big screen. It's not really a television match official, someone else in another booth. It can be real-time, and it can reduce that. Because a lot of people might say that, and this is the criticism that has happened, how many times do we are we now going to use the TMO that it now adds another nine minutes of nothing, 12 minutes of nothing? So that could be some of the downside to eliminate that. They're actually putting, making it field side, kind of like what NFL does. And they have the ability to be able to see it themselves, their own eyes as a referee. Um, so they, they act on that information. So not only do they have the first hand sight, they have the secondary tool as well to be able to use. But they first are being trained right now. And this is what's. I don't know. Rick's shaking his head. Rick, why are you shaking your head, Rick? No, I, I, I hate, I despise the NFL technology that they're going to go over to a little booth and look at it on their own by themselves. We don't get to see what they're looking at. That's baloney. Let the fans see what the referee is looking at. I love in rugby, especially in premiership how they've got it on the big screen. Everybody is watching. The but you don't think that, that adds 10 minutes the is watching. I don't think so. I think, in fact, the Premiership has it right. The way that they run TMO is about as close to the best way you can do it as any sports league in the world. Now, now we can't we can't necessarily do that at every stadium. But I, mean, I do think – I, I, I think what you need to do is – TRN has to just show a replay of it on the broadcast. And I'm not necessarily yeah. saying you're, you're listening to Scott Green talk about what he's seeing because we're not seeing the same thing. But, but you're I feel like his analysis. And, and I feel like that there's a lack of this in the production side when they go to speak to the assistant uh, uh, um, judges, the sideline judges, because they're talking to him. But show the replay of just what happened. And even mm-hmm. if you don't have the right angle, at least maybe you'll get some more information than just the, the three seconds you saw of the clip running by or somebody might have, might or might not have been offsides or whatever the case may be. But I think I feel TN, TRN needs to step up on their television side production to show those replays more often when those issues happen. Well, and part of the problem is, though, is, right, every single team uh, in different areas has different production, right, capabilities. Mm-hmm. It's not Well, that's always been the everybody. problem until now, but this Moby systems, the way it's set up, and I'm not the tech guru – But one of the things it says about it is that it's supposed to be able to offer you multiple angle views at the same time in real time. If you have the cameras, if you have the cameras, and that was going to be the caveat of what I what I was going to say. So, and and yeah, I mean, some teams will still be better off than others. Some productions will be better than others, and we saw this from last season. Um, And it was clearly obvious which were the better and which were the worse. Overall, I think if you can take those ones that we considered the worst and lift them maybe one or two bars higher, we could probably get there a little bit quicker than asking everybody to meet the highest standard. Well, I wonder now, 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 let me just uh, throw a question in here. I didn't get a chance um, because of a busy schedule to watch all the games. I watched probably three of them. Okay. And of course, one that I did watch, they actually did have a TMO. And I don't know if it happened in any of the other games. It seemed to work pretty well in NOLA. Um, you know, they caught, they took a look at Feek's try to make sure he didn't step out before he grounded the ball down there in the corner. Uh, Rick, it looks like um, they, they used it in several other games as well. Yeah, they certainly used it in Austin, Dallas for uh, Campbell, or um, as mm-hmm. he's now nicknamed Soups, 
uh, try there at the mm-hmm. very beginning of the game. Oh, that's uh, right, where he, he dotted down the ball that went mm-hmm. through the Trinders, uh, yeah, um, Trinders Grubber that went through. Yeah, they, right. they did use TMO for that. Uh, I believe it was used at least in four matches. Um, I saw it in, um, uh, let's see, the DC Atlanta match. It was used once uh, on a on a on a tackle, I believe. It was used on. Um, it was. Uh, yellow card to um, no, that was a uh, uh, New Orleans. It was used uh, to give a yellow card to Robbie Coleman. Mm, yes, um, that's true. On a on a no arms tackle uh, and a shoulder match. charge. Yep. So after I know the ball was away, by the way, but that's correct. <laughs> Dangerous tackle. So it's a different I, debate I know, there. Rob. It was used in four, at least four matches. I thought it was used very properly in limited um, in the matches that we saw. The camera, I would say, watching on TV, the camera angles weren't particularly great. Um, and obviously, more camera angles will will help as they go forward. But I thought the usage of it was well done by the referees. Yeah. Oddly enough, you know, I didn't even think about the tackle uh, from Coleman. So the fact that, you know, somebody who watched that game pretty closely even forgot about that that review there is an indication that seemed to work fairly seamlessly. Well, then, yeah, yeah. I was about to say on the same train of thought as you, if you didn't know it and you were actually paying attention to it, it obviously couldn't have been that much of a sticking point, but also that was one of the games of the week that was broadcast on, 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 um, on, on Fox, Fox right? Too. Yes. Yeah. So, so maybe it was held to, to a higher standard. Maybe they've got, I don't know. Maybe they have to have a minimum amount of cameras to, to, to have that. So it might be held to a slightly different standard. But in the same vein, you said that the Dallas-Austin um, game had used it at least once, and there are others. So I guess as time goes by, we'll see how often it's being used. I mean, are they are referees being encouraged to use it as often as they can now to be able to perfect the use of it and to, to test the technology? I don't know. As, as, as fans, I, I, as a fan, I just want to make sure that we don't overuse this tool now that we have access to it and it starts to slow down the viewing quality of the game and break the rhythm of, of the sport that we love. And what we're trying to engineer is a fast game here, and we do it on one hand with the, with the law variations, and then we slow it down with the TMO. It's kind of productive, and I hope that doesn't happen. But, you know, time will tell. Gentlemen, it has been an interesting opportunity to be able to learn more about the HIA assessment, what we all think about that, the benefits of such. We also spoke about the trade tracker being introduced and why it's important and how we believe that it's uh, going to be one of those uh, those fan tools uh, that could lead to uh, to betting and allowing the analysis and statistics to be shared uh, will certainly pave a pathway for for sports betting perhaps down the road. And then finally, the, the merits of the TMO. What we're going to do now, folks, is we're going to take a quick break before we return. And also a quick reminder that you can continue to join us and get more rants with us as we have one more rant locked and loaded for those Patreon fans who've joined us uh, for that $3 a month to be able to get the additional content by following us on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod. We'll be back in just a moment. (laughs) Tidehead Brewing Company is not just Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers, but it is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights have become something not to be missed. Tidehead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and is easily accessible for many Chicagoans as it is just steps away from the Metra. Owner Bruce Durr and the Tidehead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. 
Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting rugby communities. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or a dark barrel-aged brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. So let's take the opportunity to be able to also make sure that we highlight one of our new partners as we were on that topic. And of course, it is important to recognize Inversio Wellness. What do they do? Well, if you're into being able to get, use mushroom extract to be able to help you wake up, to give you energy, to give you that pep in your suit, help you feel a little more revitalized, the energy that you need to be able to get through the day, there are plenty of options available. You can go and check them out on inversiowellness.com. You'll be able to see our details popping up on screen. So go and check them out and you can use our code to be able to get 15% off. That is rent. 15 with this new partner not only will you be able to get free shipping anywhere inside the u.s but you will also get that 15 percent off your entire basket so go ahead and dump as much as you can into that basket at one time because it's 15 percent off the lot not just one item so you can really take advantage of all the savings available to you when using the promo code rent 15 on inversiowellness.com. Again, they are the mushroom people. Check them out for all the extract and nutrients you need to feel better. And welcome back, rugby fans, to another episode of the familiar run, pass, or kick interviews with your team here from the Rugby Rat. A quick reminder for those of you tuning in, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities alongside the familiar face and voice of that of Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But more importantly, the man of the hour to be put to the RPK test. We have the Gilgronies coach, Sam Harris. Sam, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks, Ty. Thanks for having me. What an absolute honor and a pleasure to be on the show. Big fans of yours, the hammer, and the big guy. Right. And we understand you've been digging up some dirt on us yes. that might emerge through the course of the show. All the errors and fumbles we might have made throughout the seasons have been recorded by Sam Harris, as a true coach does, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, errors have been made, but you guys are pros. It's bound to happen every now and then. But you, know, you, guys so- do- you guys are doing a great job. The South African way is we score off errors. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So with all that being said, Sam, you you obviously are synonymous as one of the great leaders of rugby here in North America, having made your transition across to the U.S. from, from your homeland, Australia. And for those of you who aren't actually familiar with the rugby rich resume that this man has, let me give you a few highlights to understand what pedigree we're talking about. So Interestingly enough, Sam here started off his career as a league rugby player, made the transition professionally to union when joining the Waratahs of New South Wales, traditionally one of the great franchises of super rugby across the globe. Of course, one of the powerhouses for uh, for Australia. Um, but in, your resume goes well beyond that to be able to establish uh, you've, you've played in multiple nas- uh, nations, um, Waratahs, you, uh, the list goes on to the Coast Rays, Honda Heat, to Western Force in Perth, um, coaching then, it was more uh, to the War, uh, Warringah Rats, um, Honda Heat, 
Rico Black Rams, and then finally finding yourself at the Austin Gilgronies. Now, with all that being said, uh, you've got a rugby-rich resume. We're going to dive into that. We're going to learn a little bit about your background. We're going to learn a little bit about your time now with the Gilgronies. But first, we need to remind everybody how it works. So I'm going to hand you over to Rob Haberschmidt to learn how. Thank you, Ty. And again, welcome, Sam. It is an absolute honor to have you. Um, and for the fans that are watching, I don't think you understand just how prepared this man is for everything he does, uh, not just on the pitch, but off it as well. So I, I don't need, I'm not going to tell you about the rules of the run passer kick interview for Sam's benefit. He knows the rules. Okay. It's for your benefit that are just joining us and have never seen this before. So we're going to give with each question, coach Harris is going to get three options. He can run with a question. He can pass a question or he can kick the question. If he runs with a question, he's going to answer it straight up just like any former league player is going to be prone to do, or he could pass the question, which is to say he's not going to answer it. You know, he's got a very, very wealthy boss he has to answer to, so we don't want to get him in trouble with Mr. Uh, Gilcrest. Or he can have a little fun with us, and I know that Sam is itching to have a little fun with us, to put us on the back foot, to make us work a little for our supper, mm -hmm. and uh, he's going to answer or have us answer on his stat and he might direct it to Ty or I but if he doesn't choose somebody whoever asked the question will answer it in his stead and he can grade us out like any good coach again I'm sure he's looking to give us a little feedback in the process we know that he's given us some plenty of feedback to work with in the last couple of weeks prepping for the interview so with that being said coach Harris are you ready for the run pass or kick challenge ready as a <laughs> All right, let's roll to it. I'm going to start with the first question, and we're going to ask our producer for the run passer kick. Scott is going to pull this up. Birthday boy. And Sam, 42nd birthday just, uh, what, a week ago, a week and a half ago? Is that right? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. I, you still look good for your age, mate. Um, Appreciate it. But I got to ask the question, run, pass, or kick. You recently celebrated this birthday with your family, beautiful family, wonderful daughters and wife. And we obviously have seen the video of you in mid-celebration here. It appears that you have full-on embraced the cowboy culture down there in Austin with the hat, the flannel, and the jean jacket. I mean, you're practically ready for Yellowstone, <laughs> my friend. Okay. But what fans want to know, again, run past your kick, do you have the cowboy boots on in that video as well? Great question, and I will run with it. Yeah, I will run with it. Um, I do not have cowboy boots on with it, so I feel like a, a little bit of an imposter. Um, but, <laughs> and, and plenty of people have um, have asked me this question. Uh, shout out to Chucky Stannard. He, he asks me monthly um, back in Australia. But uh, I, I still maintain that the boots will pick me, not the other way around. So so I haven't the, – the boots haven't found me yet. I'm just waiting for that day. So I got a funny story, Sam. Now that you say that's a perfect answer, and by the way, fans watching home, this is absolutely unscripted. Quick story. I have a friend of mine. He's a he's a, a football coach, D-line coach, played college football. I work with at the high school. And Willie uh, Hayes is his name. Shout out to, to Willie. Went uh, to Vegas 
tied one on with the boys one night and went out and he spent like 1500 bucks on a pair of cowboy boots, like kangaroo leather or something, you know, obscure and ridiculous like that. So I have no doubt you spent enough time down there and drink enough gilly beer or Carbach, whichever it is. And uh, you'll be right. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I will give I will give Gilly's Lager a plug because it's a delicious ale. It's uh, sorry, a delicious lager. It's one of my, it is my favorite. Uh, well, we're going to give you an opportunity to, to do that a little bit later as well. Sure, no worries. <laughs> so I have the opportunity to be able to dive in here with the next question. So run past or kick. We're going to keep it uh, uh, focused on 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 uh, on on you and us. Uh, uh, so. Run past a kick. You rightly critiqued Rob's comments on another podcast, suggesting that he needs to, or suggesting that I need to be actually um, get Will McGee's name right. And Rob incorrectly identified Rossi's as the not, sorry, as not joining. Jesus, this is a hard one. Well written. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is an SA question. What have I got here? <laughs> I'll take over from you. I'll have to re-say it anyway, and I'll I'll run with it. Yeah, I was watching a couple of weeks ago, and I think it started with the big guy. He said that um, Danny Barrett was coming to the Gilgronies, and he'll be a great addition when everybody knows he's going to the Sabercats. And and I actually saw Danny down in Chula Vista. What a great guy. What a gentleman. And I think he'll be great for that team. But he's definitely not coming to the AGs this year. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, surprise to the coach, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, Ty, I think you couldn't recall Will McGee's name, even though I said Maggi, or I said I didn't say it correctly. You just, I know you that. Said that I just you, no, you just said that there was a really good kicker at playing fullback last season, and I think yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. Will, Will's played enough tests for his country for you to remember his name, and then one hundred percent. And my Rob, apologies Rob, go out. Yeah, and then Rob said that Isaac Ross wasn't coming back to the the AGs when, when he is, um, and will play an integral role for us. But you know, we've spoken about this offline, and, and Rob had a good point. Our, our website isn't up to scratch, and, and Isaac wasn't on there, so I think we need to up our game as well. Sorry, you still got to ask the question, Ty. Okay, I still got to ask the question if I can get through it. Okay, so here lies the question. Will you be sending – sorry. Okay, Rossi not joined 2022 team, picking up off there. Will you be sending them to Chicago to take care of Rob to Walker, Texas Ranger style? <laughs> That's his question. <laughs> My apologies for jumping again. No, no, I no worries. Doing that. Okay. <laughs> All good. Let's move on to, to number three. Yeah, right. That was painful <laughs> enough, wasn't it? Uh, so I've been plugging inside the scrum for the last couple of weeks as Thank an you. absolutely amazing documentary or docu-series that was put on by the AGs. And I and again, just uh, for fans that haven't seen it, the AGs put their own money into this. And it is an absolute value to rugby in the United States, to the MLR. We owe them uh, a big gratitude of thanks for for um, doing something that was necessary to promote rugby. But I want to get into that into that video a little, or to the series a little bit because um, what fans need to understand is just how humble a man that we have here on screen with us. Um, you know, while inside the scrum focuses on the personalities inside the AG's team, you know. Guys like um, you know Roderick Waters and and of course Bobby Dice. 
the reality is that Sam Harris is at the core of this of this docu series. There's no doubt about that. Sam, run pass or kick? Was that by design or just how the producers saw things as they began to edit their videotape? Yeah, you probably have to ask them, but I, I don't think it was by design. That definitely wasn't the um, the storyboard moving into it. But I, I do want to give a couple of guys credit. Our general manager, Mike Sheehan, he was the brains child that came up with that idea and to see how it was followed through. Maurice Holden, Mickey Holden, who was kind of like the director, and um, he did a great job of putting that all together. Just a, a great, prolific man. He's, he's been around and he's done a lot of sports documentaries and it was just a pleasure to work with him. And then Cameron Cohn, who who works with us, but he he did most of the filming for it. And he was kind of like the... He, he just did everything. And, and he was in everything and just nothing was too big a task for him. And uh, between the three of them, they just did a great job of, of getting it out there. Yeah, it does a wonderful job of you know, humanizing the players. And that's yeah. what's going to make it so real um, and how people will connect with the game is the stories that, you know, emerge from it, the narrative that's being created down in Austin with this new team, this relatively new sport to the area, the culture that it breeds. Um, and Inside the Scrum has done a fantastic job. And again, for those of you who haven't had the opportunity to view it, it's free on TRN. If you haven't had the opportunity to see it on its normal broadcast, it's available on on streaming uh, through uh, on demand. Uh, so go and check it out and it tells a really great story. So I'm actually going to stay on that pathway for a moment. And with that still in mind, you mentioned this man's name just a moment ago as being critical. So we're going to jump off that point. Run, pass, or kick. Mike Sheehan said on Inside the Scrum, Sam Harris is not just a coach, but a great human being. All right. Leadership of men can be a difficult challenge. How do you manage that balance between being tough when you need to be, and just being human when you need to be? Yeah, that's a really good question, and I, and I will run with it. Um, the the passage that you speak about that Mike said, it was possibly the nicest thing anybody's ever said about me. So, I, you know. I was you get fuzzy forever. inside? Yeah, it, it, it does. <laughs> it always does when I hear it, because I did hear it a fair few times on the episode one. Um, but he, yeah, I think to answer your question around leading men, I think you've just got to be – true to yourself and the person you are and 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 your belief system and my belief system is to be mm-hmm. honest and transparent with with the individuals that that's kind of my belief system and then the second part of it is when you talk to any player about which who was their favorite rugby coach or, or just coach in general it was the coach that was the most honest with them and gave them feedback and just at the at the core of it wanted them to be a better player, didn't really mind if they told them some hard truths and and gave them critical feedback and, and didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. I, I don't think players appreciate that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, I wouldn't call myself an, an authoritarian coach at all by any means, but I think if, if you're honest and upfront and and tell the person, you know, what you truly think that they need to work on or or, you know, conversely, like what they did really well, I think if you, if you do a good job of that, then then when you are critical of them, um, it, it comes across very genuine. Right, it's the balance that's important. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That's great advice for any aspiring coach of any sport. And again, it speaks to why I've so enjoyed uh, and the inside the scrum and become such a huge Sam Harris fan. It's been a joy to uh, to watch you and get a sense for your philosophy on coaching and and 
kind of ingraining your personality and all that you do in and around the AGs. It's been a wonderful, wonderful delight. Um, I'm going to move forward to the next question. Again, we're going to stick with the theme of inside the scrum. And and again, I'm going to refer to another quote that I picked up on as I was watching because, I've, again, I've loved the, loved the docuseries. Uh, quote, teams that have culture don't talk about culture. Teams that don't have culture always talk about culture. And I believe it was you that said that at one point in the series. So here lies the question. Uh, Run past kick. Clearly the AGs have turned things around in a year and a half. How did you build culture without talking about it? Yeah, well, I think you can talk about it without actually using the phrase culture. And so that that was essentially what I did. Um, I think it doesn't come easily. Like it, it comes with a lot of hard work. And um, there was a lot of work behind the scenes to kind of, you know, before before I got to America, the team, we did a lot of work on Zoom not so much about rugby, but more about connecting um, as people and, and getting to know each other. So when we did finally meet in January last year, that that it wouldn't be awkward and it wouldn't be weird. It would it would be, feel like we were already a, a band of brothers. And so we did a um, we did an exercise where where people told shared with the group, you know, who meant the most to them in terms of rugby, like who introduced them to rugby and and why did they play such an instrumental part of your development and, and grew your love for rugby? And and the responses and the presentations that the players did, they put together some PowerPoints and keynotes and, and it really exposed, you know, the people that were special to them and then kind of let let the audience, the rest of the players who were listening to the to the Zooms, um, get to know the person a lot more. So I think that went a long way to kind of get me going. And then once, once we got our feet on the ground and um, it didn't really stop, like we, we, we were investing in, cause, cause we had to come together relatively quickly. Um, so we put a lot of time in getting to know each other and, and having a good time and, and building camaraderie. And, you know, we were really good at that. I think, you know, the area where we could have been a bit better was being a little bit more critical of each other and holding us ourselves to a higher standard. Um, but it was hard through that whole COVID process. We that was just our mo. We were trying to to be one big happy family, and and I think we did a good job of that. We just um, yeah, if, if we were just right, building some chemistry was was the important part. Building working partnerships and relationships, and yeah, I mean it was difficult. And obviously, whatever you did did work. Because I mean, uh, you know, last season was was a successful season in many ways. Uh, and we're going to dive into some of those points uh, a little bit further on. Um, but I wanted to be also be able to just uh, remind our viewers that what we do is done with the help of some really great support of our own. There are some partners that help us continue to do what we do each and every week here on the Rugby Rant. And we wouldn't be doing our jobs properly if we wouldn't give them a little window to hear about them. So we'll be back in just a moment. And if you want to be able to get more content from us here at the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, all you need to do is head on over to patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod and you can have access to all the unseen footage that we have not released through our normal social media or on the rugby network. So for those devoted rugby fans looking to get some deeper insight as to what the league is doing, the news from around the pitch or some more interviews with our famous run parcel kick interviews, head on over to patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod and for as little as only three bucks, 
less than a beer, you can get everything unseen by our regular audience by following us one more time at patreon.com. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.